Moment of Clarity with your host, Pastor Rick Dietering, and co-hosts Ed Bondarenka and Phil Stargell. And I'm the producer, Derek Stone. And good afternoon. Hey, this is the show before Christmas, so in case I forget and get sidetracked by Phil, who just talks way too much, or Ed, who I can't get to shut up, I'm going to say it now. Merry Christmas. (laughs) And I love you guys, too, all right? I have to say, I love you guys, too. Um, Now, that's balance. (laughs) One that talks too much and one that doesn't talk enough. Yeah. That's balance. And yeah. then Rick, who's just right. I'm just right. I am I am the I am the porridge in the room. Towards the show before Christmas and all through the studio. And my favorite person at Wham, other than myself, <laughs> Derek Stone. How you doing, Derek? I'm doing pretty good. Hey, I know there's curling news out there, isn't there? Yeah, I'm looking here for some <laughs> curling news. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I can't find anything really that's earth-shattering right now. Oh, so, man. Yeah, man. sorry to, to burst your bubble. Now Christmas week is going to be a bummer. No curling news out there. Yeah, I love curling. You guys ever, have you guys ever curled? I'm not talking about your hair. Well, look who I'm talking to. Neither one of you have hair to curl. None of you guys have hair to curl. What am I talking about? Oh, man. It's going to be a long Christmas week. No curling news. But Dude, I have I just haven't grown it long enough to curl. And yours is naturally curly. What's he talking about yeah, here? Exactly. I don't get this stuff, man. Take your head off, Phil. He's a racist bigot, isn't he? Take, 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 take your head off, Phil. Tell me. Be, tell me how much hair he's got to curl there. It's curly. But it's not curling. He okay. doesn't have enough to curl. All right, all right, get, yeah. get, get past your, your, your democratic view of everyone's <laughs> yeah. a racist thing. Not everyone's a racist. You impeach racist. Rick. Impeach Rick. Impeach Rick. <laughs> Please. <laughs> hey, what's going on in sports, Derek? Now's a good time for a moment on sports. All right. Good afternoon and welcome to this moment on sports. My name is Derek Stone. Well, Detroit Tigers fans, there is some great early Christmas news taking place. Yes, Lou Whitaker, the legendary Detroit Tigers second baseman, played for the Tigers between 1977 and 1995 he will have his number one jersey retired on August 29th 2020 at Comerica Park and it certainly is a long time coming for the legendary Tigers second baseman who should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame shame on the Veterans Committee for not voting him in here just a couple of weeks ago and why does he belong in the Hall of Fame well let me tell you because of what he did during the regular season, specifically a 276 batting average, 244 home runs, 1,084 runs batted in, 363 on base percentage, 1,197 walks, 2,369 hits, 420 doubles, 65 triples, 1,386 runs scored, and a 984 fielding percentage. 
and his career playoff stats. Only batted 204. He had one home run, one run batted in, but he did have a strong 350 on base percentage with 11 walks, 10 hits, two doubles, and 13 runs scored. He had three top 10 finishes in the American League on base percentage category. Also had two top 10 finishes in AL runs scored, two top 10 finishes in AL doubles, three top 10 finishes in AL triples, two top 10 finishes in AL walks, and three top five finishes in AL assists. And this is where he made his money as a player on the defensive side. Yes, he was a pretty strong offensive player, but this is really where he made his worth for the Tigers. He led the American League with 327 putouts as a second baseman, plus he also had another five top five finishes in AL putouts as a second baseman. And then he also led the AL with 354 assists as a second baseman in 1981 and 470 assists as a second baseman in 1982. Plus he had six more top five finishes in AL assists as a second baseman. He led the AL with 120 double plays turned as a second baseman. Plus he had another eight top five finishes in AL double plays turned as a second baseman. And he led the American League with a 988 fielding percentage as a second baseman in 1982 and a 994 fielding percentage as a second baseman in 1991. Plus, he had seven more top five finishes in AL fielding percentage as a second baseman. He was a five time American League All Star. He won three gold gloves, four silver sluggers. He was a member of that fantastic 1984 World Series champion Detroit Tigers, and he was the 1978 American League Rookie of the Year. So let's take a look at some of his best seasons during his illustrious Tigers career, starting off with that rookie season in 1978. During the regular season, he batted 285 with three home runs, 58 runs batted in, 361 on base percentage, 61 walks, 138 hits, 12 doubles, 7 triples, 71 runs scored, and a 978 fielding percentage. That season, he had eight games with two runs batted in and another six games with three runs batted in. And then the precursor to that fantastic 1984 World Series champion Tiger season in 1983. This is what Whitaker did during the regular season. 320 batting average. That was a career high for him. Hit 12 home runs, drove in 72 runs, 380 on base percentage, 67 walks, 206 hits, 40 doubles, 6 triples, 94 runs scored, and a 983 fielding percentage. And then Arguably the season he's most famous for in 1984 when the Tigers started off with a fantastic record of 35 wins and 5 losses. Still the best 40-game start in Major League Baseball history on the way to 104 regular season wins. And during the regular season, Whitaker batted 289 with 13 home runs, 50, 56 runs batted in, 357 on base percentage, 62 walks, 161 hits, 25 doubles, 1 triple, 90 runs scored, and a 979 fielding percentage. During the World Series, he batted 278, 
409 on base percentage, four walks, five hits, two doubles, and six runs scored. Certainly a, a, an honor that is long overdue for the legendary Detroit Tigers second baseman, and hopefully one day he will join his illustrious infield teammate in the Baseball Hall of Fame, that being shortstop Alan Trammell. That's my moment on sports. Pastor Rick, take it away. Thank you, and hopefully next week we'll have curling news here on Wham Radio, the only show on Wham that will bring you curling news when it's available. When it happens. When it happens. Um, you know, I, I went out to breakfast this morning with a dear friend of mine, and uh, he he is the perfect Scrooge. He hates this time of year. And we're at the restaurant, and I'm telling you, the, the restaurant is one we go to every Saturday, and it was jam-packed today. And his reaction, I hate, and I, I just wanted you to get this, I hate being around all these people, he says. Look at all these people. It's too crowded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I thought about it. I said, I love being around these crowds. I really do. And as I looked around and I said these words to him, now he's a brother in Christ, I said these words. I says, I look here and I see a crowd of people that each and every one of them, Jesus loves so much that he died on the cross for him. And I get to see these people that he loves so much. That is awesome. I love these crowds. And he says, see if I ever try to be miserable around you again. <laughs> and yeah. I do. I, I, I love people. I love watching people. And once you realize what Christ gave for each and every one of those people in that crowd, you look at each person as, as a sitting or walking or talking miracle that, you know, that they can be brought back to life just through belief in Christ. Yeah. And, and really... Yep. Yep, it's a, it's a miracle to sit there and watch all these people. I Here just winter. It may be appropriate to talk about frozen tag, but you remember frozen tag when you were a kid? No. Oh, it's you had to go around. Everybody's frozen. Somebody's it, and they go around. They touch people and they freeze them to try right. to get everybody. Oh and somebody yeah. Somebody else has to go around and touch them and set them free. Right. And that's our job to go around setting people free. Okay, yeah, I like that. Um, so as I sat there and watched the crowd, it, and it made me think also of uh, how lucky we are to live in a country where we can so freely, freely, whether you like the way Christmas is celebrated, I'm not a big fan of the, all the gifts and the Christmas tree and the Santa Claus and, and all this other stuff, and a lot of people might say I'm a lot of bah humbug myself when it <laughs> comes, comes to Christmas. But I love seeing... The people that are out with a smile on their face and joy in their heart. And um, to me, that, that, that is just beautiful. Well, uh, I didn't have much joy in my heart this morning because all my Christmas songs, all my Christmas MP3s were corrupt. Huh. I go to try and play Christmas MP3s and all corrupted files. They look normal. And then, oh, it's just a pain in the butt. Yeah. And uh, made me think, and we got this, I want to get into this uh this parable that you sent me last week and asked me what we think. And uh, I want to get into that in a bit. But before we do, um, we're going to play a Christmas song before, uh, uh, at least one in each half hour. It's the only chance every year I get to, to do this. So this is one of my favorite songs. Uh, it, it's kind of, kind of melancholy in nature, but it's the words are beautiful. And it's the calling of the Messiah. It's calling the Messiah to come to us. And it's by one of my favorite Celtic singers, Anya. It's called O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. So if we can get uh, Derek, why don't we ring that up? 
I love her voice. It's haunting. Yes. It's Anya. I've loved her since the 80s when I first heard her. You played something from her before, and I can't remember if it was this or not. It, it may very well. Yeah. This is my one of my favorite versions. Her, she, She's a Celtic singer. She sings in Gaelic, and my grandmother used to speak and sing in Gaelic. But I understood so. all that. Well, that was all English. Oh, okay. There, there were Actually, I think there was small, one small area where she did sing a little bit Gaelic. But... Uh, yeah, she she is. Uh, I know my last name is Dietering, but I, I hate to say this, folks. I'm more Irish than I am German. Uh, my great great grandfather married an Irish woman. My great grandfather married an Irish woman. My grandfather and father both married Irish women. I got smart. I married a Greek. Those Irish women are me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And the Greeks aren't much better. <laughs> I think it's just women in general. Oh boy, I'm gonna get hate mail on that oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna hate me. Hey, Ken. Merry Christmas, Ken. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, to your audience. Um, what a wonderful time of the year. And I just wanted to uh, suggest that you look up, you don't have to play it on the air, but look up a very appropriate Christmas song. Uh, you might have heard this when it originally came out years ago. Mike Douglas, Happy Birthday, Jesus. I've heard it. Uh, it's a great song, and uh, I wish more and more people would uh, pay attention to it, because as I remind people, Christmas is the celebration of the birth of the baby Jesus, who grew up, died on Good Friday, physically rose on Easter Sunday, and is still running the universe. Yeah. That's what we celebrate <laughs> on uh, Christmas. Not Santa Claus, not Frosty the Snowman, not Rudolph. Well, I put out the question last week, Ken, and I told the listeners to think about this. What would have happened had Jesus decided not to come when he did a little over 2,000 years ago? He'd still be around. He'd still be running the universe. But what would have happened? Where would we be today? And uh, I think that's something we need to reflect on a lot as we celebrate this season, that we have to be thankful that he came when he did and came for the purpose that he came for. Thanks a lot, Ken. Appreciate the call. Merry Christmas, Ken. You Merry Christmas. Merry you Christmas. take care. Yeah, you too. He's right. The reason for the season is Christ. Jesus Christ. You know, we got a little bit of time. Um, you sent me a parable last week, and you were struggling with it. Matter of fact, you had a hard time sleeping. I'm just setting it up here, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, gotcha. Um, yep. And you were struggling with a little bit of the understanding. During a break, I said two words, and you go, oh, man. Well, <laughs> since you're going to have to explain that to me later. Well, you can do it on air if you want. But uh, we'll yeah, get into, I, it, I, go into it later. Um, but. Okay, so. Let, let's get into the parable, and I'll tell you what, because it actually helped me with the struggle that morning. And we'll, after you read it, if we have to get into it in the next break, we, or after the break, we can. All right, so 
we're doing a Bible study, and we're working our way through Luke, and uh, we come down to the parable of the unjust steward. And if you read a lot of commentaries, you hear that this is one of the most difficult parables to interpret, to understand what Jesus was talking about. Because, well, let me give it to you real quick. Uh, chapter 16, verse 1 of Luke, he also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, How much do you owe? So he said to him, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, Make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He who is unjust in that which is least is also unjust in much. And so Jesus is commending this guy for basically taking his boss's goods and giving them away. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So what do we do with that? All right, well... I'm not going to get into the whole theology because I like what you've done, actually. I, I could tell you, and, and you and I could sit down and discuss why it's talking about Israel in that parable mm-hmm. uh, on a one-to-one. But I like what you did with it. I like because it, you can also like the, like the parable of the uh, prodigal son. There, there's personal lessons you can take from that also, right? Right. There's many lessons, lessons you, can take. you can take from that from a number of different views. And that, that's previous to this parable. It's just, just before. Yeah. They are related. Very much so. So I like what you did, and it actually helped me out. So where did you go with it? Well, I was trying to think of what situation. I'm trying to think of, so the master, the guy who's getting ripped off by the steward, if we want to say he's ripped off, the master must be God, must be our Father in heaven. Mm -hmm. So under what circumstances would our master commend us for giving away his stuff? Well, what does he give us? What does God give us that many people hold to themselves and do not give to others? The way you went it, and I liked it, was the gospel. Not just the gospel, but forgiveness. Forgiveness. Okay, the gospel represents God's forgiveness towards us. That's Mm -hmm. the good news. The kingdom is here, and that God is merciful and willing to forgive us. And so, basically, if you think in terms of this guy— this unrighteous steward, okay, he's got his master's goods. If he is us, then we have our master's goods who we are stewards over. We are supposed to be the stewards over God's possessions. And one thing he imparts to us is forgiveness. And you remember the parable about the guy who wrote off, his boss wrote off his debts, but he didn't go off and write out, off write other people's you know, debts, right. and he was condemned and thrown into prison? If this is similar. And so what character do we know of in fiction that is miserly with the things that God has given him? And it's Ebenezer Scrooge. Hmm. And if you look at, we always look at Ebenezer Scrooge as being miserly with money. 
that money is his big problem. But if you look at the story, Ebenezer's real real problem was that he was um, bitter. He was bitter about being left in the school when everybody else got to go home until his sister came and said, all is forgiven, fathers. He had problems with his dad, much less like Carol did, right? Right. And Not Carol. Um, um, yeah. Dickens. Yeah. yeah. And so then, moving on from there, he's got Bob Cratchit, who, if you remember, he accused Bob Cratchit of robbing from him trying to take Christmas Day off. You know? Oh, this is this is horrible. You're stealing from me. He's got all these issues of unforgiveness, the guy, the guy who meets him on the steps of the exchange, who says, can you forgive my debt? And he says, it's only 20 pounds, which is nothing. And Scrooge says, no, no way. He refuses to forgive people their debts. And yet the master comes to him and says, in the form of the, the spirits, in, in the form of Marley, and Marley says, you know, it's, uh, you're going to be visited tonight. Why? He's getting, the last vision that he has is of his own death. The stewardship's going to be taken away from him. How is he going to resolve this so that he can stay in favor with the boss? And so what he does is he ends up going out and giving forgiveness to everybody. He goes to visit his nephew. Remember, he had a problem with his nephew. He was bitter towards his nephew. Because his sister died in childbirth. And not just that, but he refused to take his advice and married against his advice. Mm-hmm. There was another thing. So, yeah, you're right. I forgot about the sister died in Chablis. Hey, on that note, we will continue the discussion with Ed after these messages. Pastor Richard Dietering of the Ypsilanti Free Community Bible Church. We have a plant church over at Clark Tower. Yes, there are people that live there, but we invite people from all over Ypsilanti and all over Michigan if you want to come in and join us. Um, if you want to fly in from Istanbul, you know, you're welcome. We're not picking you up at the airport, okay? <laughs> Just <laughs> well, that's take rude. Uber. Jesus and when you call Lord. Uber, tell them you want Phil. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's one way of getting Phil to church. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I just offered him a few super, uh, free super giant print Bible to get him yeah. there. We'll see if that gets him there. Uh, we're talking about uh, the proverb of the unworthy um, servant, mm-hmm. and um, we find out that the the unworthy servant in there is not a good steward with what he has. And you are making the comparison of this to Ebenezer Scrooge, which I think is a brilliant comparison. I, well, the, I don't I don't often say that about you, Ed. Wow, I don't. I'm speechless <laughs> on the radio. I'm speechless. Let me struggle through here. So. The accusation against the the, uh, steward was that he was wasting his master's goods. And basically, when you you waste your master's goods, you're wasting them upon yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, so the stewardship part is that you don't just hold 
the forgiveness that God's given you, you exhibit it to others. You call other people and you say, hey, man, I've been holding this against you, and you deal with it. And you say, you know, I, I, I'm not asking you to say I'm, you're sorry because I could wait forever in a day, but I forgive you. Mm-hmm. And um, so moving on from there, he goes on to say the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. So he goes on to say, I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. And so when you look at what Scrooge did, he went out and he, he just had this vision of how people thought of him that, you know, uh, you know his visions of, of his nighttime visions tell you what he thought other people thought of him. You know, that his bed, uh, uh, the, the charwoman yeah. would steal his night curtains. And, you know, he had these impressions right. of how people thought of him. And so that, that's why he was the way he was, shields up. But when he saw that he had to change, that, and then he did change, and he starts being uh, um, charitable, right? He starts giving out turkeys and, and uh, sending stuff off to Bob Cratchit's house and then ending up at his nephew's. And then it closes out with, uh, and Scrooge kept Christmas as best as any man. I like what Father Christmas told Scrooge. He says, you know, we don't just celebrate Christmas one day of the year, but all 365. Here, here's what I liked about it, and then we've got to wrap this up. I'm going to tell you what I liked about it, and, and you didn't cover it, but you covered it in the post, is the Bob Marley, who points out his <clears throat> chain. Excuse me. Oh, not Bob Marley. The reggae guy? Yeah, Bob Marley. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, be happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the, uh, the, Bob the, Cratchit. Crat, no, it was a, not... Okay. The first ghost that comes to him. Jake, oh, Jacob, Jacob Marley. Marley. Jacob Marley. I knew I was one of those one of those singers. <laughs> one of those one of those Jamaican singers. Jacob Marley. Uh, Bob's brother. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob Marley. He came in and he points out that um, he forged his own chains. Yes. And that the ones that Ebenezer was forging was much larger. We read in the Bible that we are held bondage by our sin. Yes. Okay, and uh, and we don't have. There's a beautiful song out there called "Broken Chains." Listen to it. Uh, but we we do we do bind ourselves up in our sins a lot of times, and that's what binds us. And through the hope of the Messiah, those chains can be broken. And, and I like that. And what really hit me on that is I was struggling with stewardship that morning. Matter of fact, throughout the night because I had to make some decisions, and uh, ended up that stewardship of what God has given me played very important throughout my whole day that, that day. Uh, so I really appreciated it. But if I got anything that I enjoyed the most out of that is that we do tend to forge our own chains and our own sin. And there's only one way that those chains are going to get broken. Mm-hmm. And that's through the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. But we're also, when we pray that our father, we say, forgive us the way we forgive others, right? Yes, yes. You know, uh, Lord, I want you to forgive me the exact same way no, that no, I'm going to no, forgive no, that. No, please, no, no. But that's what you're praying. <laughs> more, you more, pray. I want more. But that's what you were praying when you yes. make that prayer is forgive us our trespasses, or if you go to the Matthew version, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, as we the same way that we forgive our debtors. And that is what we need to do as Christians, is we need to continue that forgiveness forward. We need to. Mm-hmm. Once we become Christians, we, we become different, spiritually DNA oh, different. Yeah. Yes. And part of that spiritual DNA is to have the ability to forgive mm-hmm. and to do so in Christ-like and do so with joy. And we, we can say we forgive to make us feel better, but I, I forgive because I want to now. You know, I I think 
one thing that I've learned is that when I find that I can't do something that I know that God wants me to do, whether it's to love someone or to forgive someone, that I've learned this trick. Actually, I got it from the the normal Christian life by um, Watchman Nee. And it's that if I can't do something, that's when I ask God to do it through me. Yep. And it's, it's just miraculous. I've had people, I was about to slap, and I realized, hey, I, I, that's not love. And okay, God, love this person through me. And all of a sudden, just the bitterness is gone. And at this Christmas season, as we look, together, look to get together with some family members or some people that we know we're going to see, and we like, shields up. You know, hey, once pol- they start talking politics, there's gonna have to be some forgiveness. <laughs> what the, what a wonderful time to pray for God's mercy and forgiveness and to shine through you and to give you the words to say. Yeah, you know, I once faced a guy who was going to. He, this guy went into a karate stance and he was a black belt, eighth degree black belt, and I knew the guy and I said something to royally tick him off. And we were not friends. I just knew the guy, and he went into a stance on me because I smart lipped to him. I just smarted off to him. And he's taller than me, too. And I asked at that moment, in my heart, I prayed to God. I said, God, give me the words to say, please. And God gave me the words to say, and it fused the whole I thing. surrender. No, no. It was, you <laughs> you turned be, French. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself picking on someone smaller than you. <laughs> and, and the next day, he apologized. Folks, the whole season is about Jesus Christ, the birth of Christ. God coming as a man, humbling himself to the point of not just coming to die on the cross, but to be put into a, a manger, a, an animal's stable inside their feeding trough when he's born. I mean, that's humbling. Mm-hmm. He came and humbled himself to be with us and to get it to where we could have forgiveness from God and we could be reunited with God. That's the reason for this season. So let's go to our next song, which uh, Janice Daniel said she loves this song, so I changed the music I was going to play just for Janice. Let's go to that song. Did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save us sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you know Where angels draw When you kiss your little baby You kiss the face of God Oh Mary, did you know 
Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect land? The sleeping child you're holding is the great. Love that song. Absolutely love that song. Thanks for putting that in my mind, uh, Janice. Um, really appreciated it. Hey, yeah. folks, as be, before before I let you start talking, because there's no shutting you up. As you're driving around looking at Christmas lights and everything else, as much as I'm not into all that stuff, I, I want you to do something. Remember, as you look at the Christmas lights, all the all the messages in the Bible about who Jesus is as the light of the world. And and just when you see those lights, think of Jesus, and then also think that we're also called to be light. And, uh, hey, there's a reason for those lights. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the light of the world, and we're called to be light. And think about that as you're looking at the Christmas decorations. Okay, Phil? I was just wondering, didn't Kenny Rogers make a vision of that? I don't know, but it was written by a comedian, a Christian comedian named Mark Lowry. It's co-written by him. And Mark Lowry... Folks, if you want to Google some funny Christian comedy, and uh, the guy who was saying with the Gaither Christian Gaither vocal band, beyond that, multi-talented guy, Mark Lowry. In yeah. fact, I was going to see him do a stand-up routine at Northridge Church. Well, my sister didn't know she was going to a church to see a Christian comedian. She just heard it was a comedian that led to her getting saved. Yeah. yeah. Um, just uh, also real quick. Uh, Someone, I think it's uh, Dick. He's going to go see "It's a Wonderful Life" uh, at the Michigan's or at the State Theater. I think tomorrow, it's, uh, uh, Michigan Theater. Was it Michigan "Wonderful Theater. Life"? Uh, yeah, it's a wonderful life. He's okay. going to. I thought today, but maybe it's, I know, tomorrow. it's tomorrow. He said tomorrow. it was tomorrow. I remember. It was, it was tomorrow. He's going tomorrow. Which Joe wants to quickly talk about that. Joe, uh, guess what? There's a movie called "It's Wonderful Life" and it's playing in a theater near us. <laughs> Have you ever heard of that movie, Joe? <laughs> yep. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas first and foremost. And yeah, I wanted to, to mention that It's a Wonderful Life is part of MJR's Flashback Cinema. So it will be shown tomorrow night, Sunday night, 7 o'clock at MG, all the MJR theaters. And normally they show their flashbacks on Sundays and Wednesdays, but since Wednesday is indeed Christmas... They're going to show at 7 p.m. Christmas Eve, so we could see it in all its big screen glory and without commercial interruptions. Well, thanks a lot. It's intended to be seen. Oh yeah. Hey, thanks a lot. We got more music to get to, Joe. But I appreciate your call. And uh, friends, I love you, brother. Love you. Hey, I I I want my my dear friend out there, listener to this show, and he's been he used to come on, and hopefully I get him on every now and then as a co-host. Uh, our dear friend Gary. 
Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. want him to know I'm keeping him in prayer and that I love him and I want him to find the reason for the season, which is Jesus Christ. Oh, I want to invite Gary one more time if he's listening to our church event tonight. Right. It's a Christmas concert by the Depot Town Big Band. It's at 613 Martin Place. It's at 7 p.m. It's free refreshments. It's a free show. The Depot Town Big Band is a great, great band. They play swing, jazz, Big band music, they're going to do a Christmas concert. It's not a religious event. You don't have to worry about whether, you know, you're outside of your denomination. We're taking up a, a collection, however, for friendsindeed.org. Okay. Okay, so that's that's there's nothing controversial here, folks. That, that address one more time? 613 Martin Place. 613 Martin Community, Place, Ypsilanti, Michigan. Yes, Community Christian Assembly of God, 7 p.m. All right. Three refreshments. You had another song. You got that to Derek, oh, yeah, the, the, the man. Yeah. Derek, let's, let's hear the song that uh, Ed wanted us to hear. Unexpected, would you believe after all we've projected a child in a manger? Lonely and small, the weakest of all, unlikeliest hero, wrapped in his mother's shawl, just a child. Beautiful song, and I wish we had like time to hear the whole thing. Yeah, how many fathers would give up their son? son? How many kings would step down from their throne? How many, yeah, how many fathers would give up their son for me? As, you know, and that's what goes back to how I opened this show when I was out with my friend, and I sat there and I looked at these crowds, and I am, I, I literally am in awe of a God that came here and loved each and every person in that loud large crowded restaurant that each one he had in mind when he gave up his life on that cross each one of them including you phil Mm. he loves you so much that he died on the cross for you gary my dear friend my brother i call my brother just know that he died on the cross for you he came (laughs) he was a father that gave up his son for you and um to me, when I see these people, I see these crowds, even when they get fussy and angry at each other and stuff, and even when I see that they're angry with each other and they're fighting, and I know that they need the Lord more, now more than ever, um, 
I realized he came for them. He loved mm-hmm. them that much. That to me is just so amazing. I'm always, I'm just, when the Lord puts that in my heart, and he does it often, of how much he loves the people of this world, that he, yeah. uh, then how we can take Christmas. And, you know, and for a lot of time I'd get upset on how we twisted Christmas. But I started looking for ways to sit there and say, we can use things as a reminder. Let, let's take the, the lights. I talked about Jesus being the light of the world, and we're called to be lights. If we can call that to mind. Mm-hmm. When, when, when we see the lights. Wonderful. If we wanted to take a look at St. Nicholas and the charity that goes behind the St. Nicholas that we celebrate today, the charity that God wants us to have for each other and the love God wants us to have for each other, that can be amazing. That's the St. Nick that got in fistfights? Yes. He's cool for that. <laughs> he, he's cool for that. He, he, he punched out heretics. St. Nicholas at the uh, Council of Nicene, uh, there was... Uh, um, Bishop Arius, who sat there and said it didn't make sense to him because he was Gnostic, that God would come as a human being. Regardless of what Scripture says, he couldn't accept it because God wouldn't come as a human being because the flesh is evil and God can't do that, so Jesus must not have been God. So Bishop got upset when he said that, and he decked Arius. (laughs) And and Caesar threw him in. Decked the halls with Arius. Decked the halls (laughs) with with Arius. And so Caesar actually, who was friends with Arius, threw Nicholas in. And then Constantine came in, released Arius, or released Nicholas, Nicholas, and and said, no, we're going to go with the right way of saying things. We're going to stick with Scripture. And uh, Scripture says he's God. He's the great I am. That's right. And, and there's no getting around that. I don't care if you're a Gnostic or not. Scripture, you've got to accept, says he's God. And if you sit there and try to twist Scripture, I feel sorry for you. Because, well, you're told not to do that, and you can get in a lot of trouble for doing that. Neener, neener, neener. <laughs> so don't do that. Yep. And Jesus is the one who brought us the gift. And yes. Like, you know, and like the Bible says, all, all good gifts come from the Father above. You know, mm-hmm. and and Jesus was our greatest gift, and He brought us the gift of forgiveness and re- reconciliation with the Father. You know, a, a knowledge that when we die, if we're faithful to Him, He'll be faithful to us and be waiting for us. Man, with I, all that's being said, though, I I can sit there and I can be in more in awe at looking at the crowds of people out on the street, knowing that God died to them than the prettiest Christmas tree in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm serious. I I I find watching people to be a, a human being to be much more beautiful than any tree. And, and they really deck out their trees in New York. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd rather look at the people. I'd rather know that God loved them so much that He gave His only Son, that whoever shall believe in Him shall have eternal life. And folks, don't forget that whoever part, whoever shall believe in Him shall have eternal life. That's all it takes, is faith that he came to this earth, humbled himself to be born in a manger, literally born in a manger, to sit there and have, have his first people to come and worship him, shepherds, which were in, in, the, um, in the non-Jewish world, shepherds were considered the dirtiest people around, right? Mm-hmm. It, that, that was his first, the lowly shepherd where it was his first ones to come and worship him. You know, that's the beauty of it. You know, the book of Hebrews says, we have such a high priest. Yep. Speaking of Jesus Christ, there's nothing you've gone through that Jesus didn't didn't go through. You know, to be considered a bastard, to be born into poverty in a impoverished, impoverished situation, to uh, 
be beset by all these trials. Uh, you look at his temptations when he's in the wilderness. He was tempted body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Those are the ways we're going to be tempted, body, soul, and spirit. He Lost his earthly father. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just all these things that Jesus went through. And if you say, well, Jesus was never sick a day in his life, well, he made up for it on Good Friday. Yep. You know, he, he knew what it was to take a beating unjustly. He knew what it was to be to have his friends run away. So, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Hey, real quick, we got a few minutes. Derek, what are you doing this Christmas? I'm going to be spending it with my family and obviously going to church Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. That's what I'll be doing. Fantastic. I like going to church twice in two days. You're the congregation member I want. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want those ones that, well, do you go during church during the week or just those two days? I mean, during the year. Because of my work schedule right now, I can only go on Christmas and Easter. That's it. (sighs) I wish I could go more often, but uh, I'm just not able to. I knew somebody that came to our church on Christmas and Easter, and one day... I didn't mean to... Oh, one day she I, turns to me and says, your pastor always preaches the same Same message. messages. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you do. You work hard, Derek. You, you're the hardest working man in radio. I really believe that. What are you doing, Phil, for Christmas? Spending it with family, and I'll probably be spending some of the time in, uh, in, in your church. So. Love to see you there Sunday. Yeah. Ed? I'm driving to Florida. I'm taking my wife for Christmas. We're going to see uh, her sister and my sister-in-law and the rest of our family down there. We're going to spend Christmas Day in St. Augustine. You make me sick. <laughs> Folks, I'm going to be spending Christmas with my lovely wife, and I'm looking forward to it. And mostly I wish that you all have a very merry family Christmas. Bless you all. You've been listening to A Moment of Clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your hosts, Pastor Richard Dietering and Phil Stargell. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on Wham Radio.